Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mike Kane cast. We're here with the president of wrestling, trademarked, Phil Stamper. How are you, sir? And it is trademarked. Look at that. How are you, sir? I'm good. Where in the world are you right now? I, 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 SmackDown versus Raw. Okay, take your tell from the background. Checks out. I'm at the beach, so we're doing, we're doing well. Talk about what, what are you up to? (laughs) Since we last talked, what? We're leaving that in. Uh, since, since we last <laughs> since we last talked, what have you been up to? Um, oh my gosh, when was the last time we talked? Let's uh, call it about a year and a half. Okay, you know what? I actually stayed. I won't say as busy as normal during the pandemic, but I actually stayed occupied. Um, not just inside of wrestling, outside of wrestling. Um, I actually got in some voice acting work, which was really cool. Um, I have. I wish I had more. Don't I'm not going to lie about that. Like I am the voice of a university phone system. So that's kind of neat um, that I'm still today. Um, I have started working with Camp Leapfrog. So that's a new project that got off the ground. I'm not in charge of it. Everybody likes to think like when I'm associated with a project, they're like, oh, so Phil, you're in charge of it right now. I'm not in charge of Camp Leapfrog. Um, but so you are not the president of Camp Leapfrog. I'm not. The president goes there for a retreat. Like that, that's the, that's why I go to camp. Um, I just need a respite now and again and like refresh myself, get reinvigorated. That's what Camp Leapfrog does to you. Um, and it was interesting because I, st- you know, I, during the pandemic, I, I did my first events, my first live events, um, that I was on in Florida and Texas and Oklahoma. Um, and actually in this year, so since January. So that was really cool. Um, I, I had, from a distance, like Revolver's gone to Texas and Florida, but I wasn't there. Right. Um, so I like helped them coordinate stuff from afar. But I actually was in there, got flown out to those events. So that was kind of cool. Um, so I've been staying, like I said, relatively active. And now we're at a point, you know, things are kind of still weird out there. But yeah. I'm looking at a Revolver event in October with John Moxley on it. You know, I'm, oh. I'm uh, John Moxley and Sammy Callahan versus the reunited Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards at Wrestling Revolver on October 30th in Des Moines, Iowa. That sounds, that sounds pretty great. So I'm, things are good, you know, I, or at least I want them to be good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to make them as good as I can um, because on, on the other side of things, I rant about like, what am I doing? Am I having fun? Like, am I, am I really doing what I need to be doing? And not just having fun. Like maybe that's sure. but or understating it, but wrestling to me is a job it's work and and yeah. yet if if i'm brought in to do something like okay i want to be actively doing something and if right. you're like hey you're you're the good luck charm to sit in the corner and you're the rabbit's foot of the company i'm like that that's not why i'm here thank you no. bye there's stuff oh. to do yeah yeah now talk about wrestling especially indie wrestling in the age of covid19 what has happened what has changed what have you seen so certainly i, I it's it's interesting because i thought for a while we were well the, I'm going to like contradict myself very fast. Please do. I feel like we were at a point before the pandemic of just overall social media burnout, like all like that. We were all at at this point already. And then uh, 20, uh, 2020 hits um, very, you know, contested political year. I'm not, we're not going to go down that path, but um, then it was like, well, now we're all trapped at home. Now our only outlet is social media. And so now then people found more ways to converse more had to then drive content more on their social media so you know you saw some people get very creative with what they were putting out there you saw a higher increase of 
people using Twitch streams to put out content, a higher amount of um, studio tapings um, with with no or limited fans, outdoor more and more outdoor events. Um, and it's funny because as a young talent, I used to hate I used to hate outdoor events. I just right. I just I don't know why I just did because I always felt like they were they were looked at as looked down on in in some respects. Sure. And then I did a few this this past year and a half, and it was like. I want more events outside. This is cool. When it when the when the weather is decent. <laughs> when the weather is good. I, I live on Cape Cod where the weather is awesome four months a year and the sky is gray like something out of out of Game of Thrones for about eight months. So But that's know, great for filming. That's those, great lighting. Yeah, it, it really is ideal for the filming, I'm not gonna lie. But the place also gets really empty when it's gray. So drawing a, a crowd would be hard. You have to actually bust people in. But as far as that, those summer months, man, I, I really wish we had an outdoor show here in Cape Cod. I really wish I was the, I was, I really wish I was the money mark. I, I, I always hoped I'd be and put one of those on, but right. someday, someday, Phil, but outdoor shows, I, I love it. That's, oh man, that's fantastic. Now talk a little bit about what it's like in Oklahoma, Texas, Florida, other places right now with wrestling. Um. You don't have to get political. Right. If you like, want to, you can. This is a free, this is a, this is a free speech zone. You do what you got to do. But it's I was like, it's- do we want to talk about Florida? <laughs> um, I mean, uh, no, yeah, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good. We're talking about wrestling. That's right. Wrestling. Um, Florida was fun because I, I've talked off and on with this particular promoter, Kim Artlip, who is the uh, promoter for Ignite Wrestling down in Florida. Um, she runs about once a quarter. Um and it's just a fun experience. The locker room is is full of good people. And she has a lot of very positive business savvy going into the organization of her event. So it's like, I really appreciate that. Um, she does well when it comes to promoting. Of course, I always think everybody can do better, but she does really well. Um, she's very active in the business community and and stands up as a as a female business owner and as a and as a wrestling promoter who is a business owner like and, so and great. sometimes people forget that so I she does really super well at that so to see her um and that whole operation was a lot of fun I mean I, w- I went down to Florida in late January so like that's the best time of year to go to Florida <laughs> yeah. um then I went to Oklahoma and I was really brought into sort of let's look at the production let's look at how the event is running and, and give more feedback on that so I actually didn't do anything like in front of the camera on that event, but I had a great time being there and observing and watching um, and surprisingly knew a great number of people who were on that event. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in like two, even before the pandemic, like I uh, hadn't seen you in, in a while. So it was really cool. Then Texas was brought in for Pele Pro and uh, that was live on Fight TV and was brought in to do big commentary, ring announcing, uh, got to do commentary with Chris Russo, who was formerly with NXT. And that was just a lot of fun. And it was uh, some different talent that I hadn't worked with before, some of which I, who I'd known of. Um, I had not worked with Ninja Mac before. I had not worked with Chandler Hopkins before. And these are solid guys. And I, this was the week that it was a, it was a, a stellar match between him and Mike Bennett. And so yeah. it, solid, 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 solid match. Uh, and the main event was Jeff Cobb versus Sam Adonis. So, right. It was, it was, it was an amazing setup. It was an amazing day solid turnout in the crowd um and over, overall like i i just i just super enjoyed it um i i'm smirking more because i was like i think i did have a delay at every airport i went to to go to both oklahoma and texas but outside of that great time and hey. i think 
on my way to Dallas, I think I had a layover in Oklahoma, and I think on my way to Oklahoma, I had a layover in Dallas. So it works out. It all right. works out. Talk talk a little bit about you mentioned Fight TV. Uh, mm-hmm. On a, I, I just recorded a podcast with uh, legendary ring announcer Rich Palladino up here in New England, and he talked about uh, IWTV. And yeah. so between IWTV, Uncle Fight, Jerry, Fight TV, <laughs> and Twitch. Uh, talk a little bit about the impact that those are having on the business. How are those changing the game for indie wrestling? So it, it's interesting. Um, so I own Heartland Wrestling Association. I own the name. I own the video library. And I, right now, um, you you can you can purchase HWA footage available on SmartMark.com uh, uh, or SmartVideo.com. Excuse me. Well, IWTV and SmartMark are one and the same. And I was initially talked to about, hey, we want to put HWA footage up on IWTV to up, you know, have more available on their content. So many companies shifted to using that that streaming service. You can't find HWA footage currently on IWTV because they're putting up the brand new stuff that's coming out because so many people realize that having that on a market where more and more people can see your content is really then the place to be. And then, oh, yeah, you get revenue back from that. Um, And I, I say, how do I word this? There are there have been some companies in the past that have provided streaming platforms before and have said it is our it is your privilege to put your content on our streaming service for absolutely zero revenue for you. And that is not what uh, Jerry and Dylan and the team at IWTV does. That is not what Fight TV does. Um, This is a revenue stream. Um, Now, IWTV is a subscription based service, so you're getting a, a certain cut based on the amount of people who are watching. Meanwhile, on Fight TV, you're getting more of a direct cut of, of people who are actually buying that particular event. Um, and so I think those both platforms, I think, are excellent. I think both of them have pros, uh, nothing but pros, really, to them. Um, I th- uh, Maybe I shouldn't put this in the universe, but I'll whatever. I think if, if or when the day comes that IWTV goes, oh, we're going to do um, where you can just purchase an event to watch live, like as a premium and you get to see it first and maybe like two weeks later, then we put it up on our, on our, on our subscription service, but that will even further change the model. I don't know if they're going to that. I'm not saying they are, but like I could see in a day where they could. Um, and I'm like, I think that could further excel them. Um, but I've had nothing but great, great interactions with, with both companies. And I've worked a little bit more with IWTV than I have with fight. Um, and even, and, and even when I was at Pele, we were sort of like an intermediary, intermediary group that actually did the filming on site. But still, both were great experiences. I've heard, heard nothing but positive feedback from, from fans. And, I mean, I, I remember the day. I remember being with Pro Wrestling Unplugged. And I think at the time I was with Pro Wrestling Unplugged, we went through three different streaming services. And I, I think I never heard positive things from it, about any of them. Or a mix. You know, I should say mixed at best. Three. Because um, yeah, just that, that technology was so new 15 years ago. Um, and so now it's like, oh, no, they've, they've shorted up. There's better service there's all these great and better things that they can do to provide great content and they're really doing amazing jobs putting out all all of this content if you go to iwtv or fight uh fight tv's schedules you could like oh wow there's a lot out there that we can go ahead and watch um so you know can't believe frog you'll find you'll find me there on iwtv and then like i said october 30th i'm with wrestling revolver and that's going to be live on fight tv so I enjoy working with both, and yeah. there's nothing, right, and it, it's so great there's to so have so much room, Phil. There's so right, much room. exactly. It's so great to have that out there. Yeah, 
Talk a little bit about what's what a small or medium-sized local independent promotion can do right Ooh. to do the best job they can on these streaming platforms to take advantage of this technology. The, the very first thing in general, I don't care if you're streaming or not. You need to let people know that you are there. And I see this repeated over and over and over. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it soon. Um, but, you know, I put together the independent wrestling calendar and it drives me crazy because I'm hunting for events and I'm putting them on this calendar and I'll go to a particular company's website and I see nothing about any event. And then a week later, I go back and it's like, why do they have pictures from an event that happened Saturday? I know they didn't say anything about having an event. And I'll even go back and look and I'm like, no, they never say anything. And then I look at their pictures and there's five people in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And it's like, OK. And I've had people directly in, the, in this last year talk to me about like, hey, I want to put together content for IWTV. Do you think they'll take me? What should I do? And I'm like, I, I go back and I look at some other stuff and I'm like, you need to have something <laughs> like, like, like nobody knows you're here. How you need to get butts in seats or if you are doing just a studio taping, you need to make it entertaining for the people who are going to be watching. Um, and so regardless of that, like people need to know, like they, you need to raise your own awareness. How do you communicate that? How do you just tell people that you're here? Um, you know, every business in the world, forget per se wrestling, every business in the world needs to have a social media presence. Every business in the world also needs to have an on the ground presence. And it feels like wrestling especially does like this one or the other, like some places are really great about the hard solicitation of flyering everywhere. That's great. But then they have no online presence or the opposite. They do tremendous online presence and then no on the ground, anything. Um, And I see when people don't do a mixture of both, they really, really struggle. Um, and I've, I've worked with companies that have directly told me to my face, like, we can't afford advertising. And I'm like, I don't then understand how you can afford to have a show because how sure. could, right. Um, how do you pay the janitor? How do you pay the building? How do you pay the talent? Exactly. And I remember, I won't say what company, I'll be nice today. Um, there was a company I worked with that said, this, this promoter said this to me, and we were, draw, we were drawing okay. In, in that respect, we were drawing a three to 400 people per event typically. And, you know, said, I think there's more we can do. You know, what about street teaming? What about this? And they were like, no, I don't have the money for that. And a talent on the, on the event, actually it was Sammy Callahan, paid out of pocket and got street signs and put wow. up like yard signs and, in this town. And it like, oh, it like doubled our attendance. And it's like, do you see the direct return on doing this? And then he never picked up on it, never did it. And now this, that company, well, I don't, actually, well, the company hasn't run over in over a year because of the pandemic, but before that they were drawing flies and it's right. like there's there were more reasons to that than them than than just not advertising but, but they're it, not these are not coincidences right right it's like you know you don't do one thing right other things start happening um go figure and that's like so to me that's the biggest thing that people can do better at um to raise awareness that hi i'm here okay and when it comes when it comes to production is it something where people are overly focused on production uh, and less focused on pr- on putting butts in seats, or is the or is it the attention on production quality just about right these days? Or, or is it, I mean, or is or is it something where holy crap, we've got a crisis in production quality? It's honestly, it's a bit of a mix, um, and it really it really does go hodgepodge place to place. Um, I mean, there there used to be a company that ran in West Virginia. It was called Covey Pro. They had television and not not just like a local station, like they were on multiple stations 
um, like I, I'm in Southern Maryland and I'm a good three and a half hours away from them. And the county south of me, so further away, got it on their cable, um, their, their, their show. It looked like it was filmed on a webcam from 1995. It, it was like way back hard cam. It looked like a fisheye lens, which means it like it's, it's like a curved image. It looked horrible. It was grainy on the sides. It looked bad. And, but they, they had television. It's like, yeah. okay, okay. And they had, but the venue looked great. Um, but then you have places that kind of that you know do the opposite. So it it really does it does it does vary place to place. Um, to me, it's about then what do you do with your content? You know, if you are, is there a compelling reason to watch it? Like you know, one it's about like oh hey we're here hi everybody. Then you turn it on and it's like do I want to keep watching this? Um, is it good action? Is there a hook to get you engaged with what's happening? I'm I'm somebody who buys story. Like you know, if you yeah, tell me like me a too. good reason to pay attention, I will probably pay attention. Um, some people just don't do well than what you with what they do with that product. Um, I'm I know a couple of people right now on the production side really well, and like they just got like black magic cameras, which are really high end, pr higher priced actually, and convinced me to buy a black magic camera of my own. Um, I'm I, I have not yet used it, so I'm getting really excited getting ready to use it. Um these plugs are totally welcome, by the way. This is great. I like this. <laughs> so because you can do, you can just do so much. So I think there's more more getting ready to come. I think there's gonna be a next level of production coming for a lot of places. Um I think the pandemic showed a lot of people what they could do when they really then put their effort and drove it into production. Um, when they weren't also then thinking about the logistics of, okay, what happens when we have a crowd and have to deal with all this other stuff, other stuff too. Oh, wait a minute. You mean there's lighting we can play with? Like, oh, we can up the quality of our camera and have a better, better footage. Well, yes. yeah, like let's, yeah. And then you saw some really inventive content out there. Um, like I said, I've, I've worked with leapfrog that had some really creative storytelling Um that uh, I don't, if you have ever heard the name Killian McMurphy, uh, who has done, sorry, my camera's going in and out of focus. So I'm like, focus. Um, uh, does some really innovative storytelling um, cinematically. And so we did a whole event based around what if Killian McMurphy had a magic remote control that led into a multiverse um, and that we jumped then time eras. Like we had CC Boost and Julius Smokes as if it was ECW in the 90s. Um, we had a silent movie wrestling match with uh, uh, Travis Huckabee and um, Alex Price. I dig this. Like, there were some really cool things that we did with it that I think more and more people are playing around with a little bit more since they know, like, oh, wait a minute, people are actually paying attention to this. Like, let's, let's get buy-in and do some creative things. And I think that yeah. brings some back, some of the fun of wrestling. Yeah. And if necessity is the mother of invention then I think some really great stuff is it almost inevitably was going to come out of it. And I think that all the stuff you're describing sounds fantastic. Mm -hmm. I think what, what I've seen and correct me if I'm wrong is the nightmare scenario for me is to watch a show where there's nobody in the building and the technical wrestling, the guys are given everything they've got physically. They're doing a great job. Mm -hmm. They're telling, they're telling a decent story, but it is silence. And not only is it silence, you can see the empty seats yeah. and you're thinking to yourself, this is, this is a good effort wasted. 
because there's no way there's no way that a person is going to emotionally connect with this product, no matter how good the wrestling is. Yeah. That's the part. That's the part that frightens me. I think there's going to be a, a degree of a forgiveness curve, a learning curve coming out of the pandemic for that. But I hope in the meantime, like you said earlier, people focus on putting butts in seats because that crowd is such a big part of the television. It's such a big part of that emotional connection. I'm real. I'm really hoping we can get those. We can get those crowds back. Even it, oh, early, early in the start of the pandemic, like I got frustrated with WWE, and and I mean, a lot of people get frustrated with them. But for me, on the side of I was watching, and there would be just dead silence in segments. And even to the point, like the commentators would stop talking, and I'm like, "What? Why are you? Why are you not talking? Like this is your moment to tell this story, to give the emotion, and then you just stop talking, and there's nothing. There's no no noise, no nothing. And so it was like all that energy that was there for these great quality matches just you, they just sucked it dry, and it drove me crazy. I'm like, "You are the WWE. You are the leader in wrestling in the world. You are the leader in production and wrestling in the world, and you're not giving the." any effort in in this area at that time um and so i was very disheartened by that at, at the beginning and then i saw uh some places were doing very well with that because people yes. were realizing like you need noise when you're watching television it's not just all the motion um and so as you fill that space with more noise as sometimes people were using talent to come out and then be the fans um yeah like i really enjoyed that sometimes um but now we're seeing sort of the, the opposite effect of what's happening as people are transitioning back to more and more live events that they're forgetting, like, those people who are around the ring who were talent were very forgiving of things because they know what it's like to try to put on a quality match. They know when to cheer, boo, give you, give you a reaction even if you're not working for it. Well, now you have to work for it again with, yes. with a live crowd. And you have to remember that that live crowd is there. You have to remember that there's a camera and you have to, like, play off the camera as well, too. So... No more lazy man lobster psychology. Right. Yeah. You have a little, a little more effort, like a little more effort. I'm not saying that people don't have it. It's, it's more of a matter of like, you have to get back in that habit of, of doing it. And let's talk about that on the, on the production side. Uh, with WWE, they, it seems like they're the New York Times. They're the gold standard. If they make a, mis if they, if they make a mistake such as silence and, and draining the emotion out of a show, it seems that other that other folks are going to find that a little more acceptable and maybe slip themselves. So it's it's but at the same time, it seems like when The New York Times makes a mistake, also in, independent journalists, for whatever their limitations in investigative reporting and other things, will often pick up the slack, at least in terms of presentation. They'll they'll innovate and they'll improve. And it seems like you, you saw that with different promotions who saw, OK, well, and I think Impact stood out for have, for being, I believe, the first to introduce the the talent from the back into the live into the live crowd, at least at at least at that national television level. Uh, are there any other forms of innovation that you saw that we haven't talked about yet? Ooh, good question. Um, I I do like the cinematic storytelling when done right. Um, you know, it, it's when you when I look back at WrestleMania, for example, you know. <laughs> I, I got out of the of the boneyard match what I needed to between yeah. AJ Styles and the Undertaker. I got you know you understood it. it's a fight it's a fight that ends in the graveyard like ends in the tombstone like I I made logical sense I was I was very fine with it. I heard you know some people didn't like it okay I understand um, and then you move over to um, the next night and you have uh, John Cena getting lost in the in the playhouse yes. and I'm like. 
I was okay with that for different reasons. It was weird, and I understand it was weird. I get it. It was very heady. Um, and then, like, there was this whole deeper psychology to it that I personally enjoyed yes. because it was literally why why Bray Wyatt could beat John Cena by having him doubt himself and question all these decisions along the way that he ever made. Right. And I was like, and I know I know a lot of people didn't really get that because it was so deep of a story. I enjoyed it for that particular reason. Um, but I understood why people didn't like it too. Um, but I think that just then gives leeway to how could you do it? Um, and I, I, I've talked with somebody about, I wanted to do a Halloween event that was an hour and a half. The camera never breaks away live event, but there's this like movie kind of narration story with it while you're watching a wrestling match in a ring. Um, I think you could do it. I think it's yeah. really capable of being done. And I, I so I think that's going to continue to to continue to grow and grow, especially we're 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 still in a pandemic. I don't I don't know if people know that, but uh, we're, we're working on it. Well, <laughs> right. Um, you know, hopefully better improvements coming. But, you know, I think that there's still more of that innovation that's out there that can still be done. I I, I will make no state, no political or medical statements. I'm not a, what I do miss. And I think that there was a lot, a, a lost opportunity here and forgive me. I know everyone loves the ice cream bar as the blast from the past, but my favorite was WWE superstars Saturday morning to watch the ultimate warrior before, uh, before a green screen with his, with his, his strange insignia upon it, give promos that made positively no sense. Uh, I liked that. Uh, I, I liked I liked Bobby Heenan and Rick Rude and Akeem and those larger than life personalities getting in front of the green screen and cutting those those 60 to 90 second wild promos, the 30 second outs. I loved it. I don't see a lot of it. Uh, and maybe I'm looking at all the wrong places, but I really do miss those those kind of cheesy, tacky, but beautiful promos. Uh, simple stuff, but stuff that doesn't require a big crowd, stuff that doesn't require a lot of time, stuff that tells a simple story and can be just so super entertaining and so funny and so good and so compelling. I just, I, it's a lost art that I, that I really don't see enough of. Mm -hmm. Is there anyone who's doing that really well? Ooh. The nonsensical Ultimate Warrior like promo or just good promos in general? Just good 30 to 60 <laughs> second promos in front of a green screen letting it go. It doesn't it does not have to be Ultimate Warrior nonsensical ramblings. But who who is really bringing back that feel? That I mean that, I, that good 30 to 60 second hit. I mean, I, I, I like to believe I have some decent decent promo skills. I'm just saying. Uh, um I'm out there. <laughs> um, uh, I like O'Shea Edwards. He's confident. He sells the fact that he's a bigger guy. Like it works. He he fills the screen. Um, wow. <laughs> like my brain's like, who else is out there right now that can like just tell, just be that guy? Um. Oh wow. I mean, JT Dunn is always great. Yeah. I think JT Dunn is like, he's solid in the ring. He's solid in promo. He looked good on camera. Like. He's just that guy that keeps hitting it, hitting it. He's, hitting he's it. like the five tool guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've, I, and I'm trying to keep it to people who are not contracted because certainly by sure. the time you're you're getting on television, you're getting God, you hope so. Right. You're, you hope. Right. I think AEW had a little bit of a rough start on that, but you know, I think they're catching up, so they're getting better now. Um, 
absolutely getting better, and especially yeah. not just because they're bringing in more talent, but also because the, those folks now have been exposed to that culture now for over a they're year. They're hitting so. their stride. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's gonna and it's gonna continue to get better, I believe. Yeah. Um, it's funny because my brain's going to like, who have I liked in the ring? And I'm like, no, we're talking about promos. Yeah. Um, and I keep going back. And my brain's going like, no, like you're in the ring. Get out of the ring. Um, <laughs> be- because now like, you know, Anthony Green's back on the independence. Yeah. I'm waiting for Anthony Green to see him more. Um, <laughs> um, Ken Dixon. Um, he is associated with Future of Honor. Um uh, I think he's appeared on Ring of Honor a couple of times now too, but he's with MCW. Uh, always delivers a solid promo. Um, always on his game. Uh, Drolix also from from MCW as well. Always on his game. The Carver of Cutter's Alley. That's uh, and, and uh, the Carver of Cutter Alley, Cutter's Alley is if you could make a horror movie into a wrestler, this is Carver. And it's it, it the look is right there. His promos are right there. His videos are right there. Matthew Palmer, uh, out of Texas, who is yeah. doing the Monster Hunter, um, and so he has done this complete tra- uh, transformation of where he used to be as a talent, and now he's he comes out in like this big purple robe, um, and just tells the story that like he's gonna defeat all the monsters. And the introduction of him was like him trying to take down monsters and meanwhile here he is tied up to the ceiling and is trapped and like well i'm gonna get that monster like i I just loved it like i thought i thought it was just so engaging um just as a quick aside yeah one of the best stories told on the podcast was told by kados kyle king about how he wrestled matt palmer drew a picture of a shooting star put it on matt palmer and proceeded to push it and call it a shooting star press to an audience that did not get it Oh, uh, he was. It was in Florida, to be fair. <laughs> now, we're picking on Florida tonight. <laughs> Florida, we'll, we'll we'll give you we'll give you love back later when you when you when you. When you and again, DJ that. Hyde used to say that he could do a shooting star press. No, uh, no. allegedly. <laughs> yeah. No, he used to say it. He couldn't do it. But he used to say it. <laughs> there's, there's no alleged on any of that. <laughs> I'm just praying there's no video of him attempting a shooting star press. Oh my god! Actually, I want I want to, I want <laughs> to see that footage. Desperately want to see that footage. I'll leave that between you and Mister Hyde at this point. <laughs> oh, <sighs> but but yes, that's one of the better. That was one of the one of the better in ring jokes that I have I have seen. But it was too meta, mm-hmm. too good. It, it was it was it was too beautiful to live. It flew too close to the sun. Yeah. Wesley Crane is also another solid guy. Thank you. Now, where can people find Wesley Crane? Where is Wesley Crane out of? Uh, He's out of Oklahoma, but he's also down in Texas a lot as well. He's going to get out there more and more. I think you're going to see a lot more of him moving forward. He also has a tremendous production brain. So, like, for those, some of you who are, like, looking for, like, more production people to talk with, like, he understands what it's like to be in the ring, and he also understands why it's important to have great captures of your footage because he also gets it from production angle. He's also... In, in life outside of wrestling, like has a full time job as a freelance uh, videographer. He's like like he's doing uh, he's doing full production video shoots for commercials for Ford. Like he has it. Like, like yeah. talk to him. Okay, we're gonna do that. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> and and then just just be careful because he has a, he has a demon. Literally, just 
be careful. We'll have we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to keep the demon at bay, but that but that should be fine. Uh, <laughs> on that note, Mr. President, thank you very much. It has been an honor to talk to you. Tell people where they can find you on social media. So you can find me on social media at Trust in Phil. That's pretty much on every single platform there is on on Twitter, on Instagram, on Snapchat, on TikTok. Look up Trust in Phil. Even on Facebook, type in Trust in Phil, all one word, and you'll be able to find me, Phil Stamper. Phil Stamper, thank you very much, Mr. President. Have a wonderful night. You too. Thank you so much. Take care. Uh, special thanks to Phil Stamper. That was a lot of fun. I uh, really do appreciate it. Uh, just wanted to let everybody know that you can see Phil in Vero Beach, Florida, tomorrow, January 15th, with Ignite. And on Sunday, January 16th, you can see him with Revolver in Des Moines, Iowa. Thank you all for listening, and have a wonderful week.